0: Welcome to The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy. Listen to Joe tackle the really tough moral issues, current events, and politics from a Catholic perspective. Now here's Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy. Hello
1: Sixpackers and welcome back to The Cantankerous Catholic, episode 30. So far as I can tell, cities all over the world, ever since cities have existed, have had no shortage of unfortunate mentally ill people wandering the streets. That activity exponentially increased in the United States during the 1960s and 70s. Today, they're virtually all homeless and staying in tent communities. You see them everywhere you go in the cities. One big problem for me is that it's getting increasingly difficult to tell the lunatics from the sane people, and I personally believe that a lot of the so-called sane ones are crazier than bedbugs. Apparently there's a street nut newsletter or something like that because I've noticed that they have trends just like everybody else. Believe it or not, a trend among them is actually a wake-up call for Catholics. I'll talk about that when we return. I've been sharing the faith with people for over 30 years. The Holy Spirit has used me to make hundreds of converts and 84 of them are my adult godchildren. When the Holy Spirit works through us in a big way, he usually uses the talents given to us before we were even born. When we develop those talents for him, we're often impelled to pass on to others what we've done and how we've done it for the greater glory of God. That's why I wrote The Lay Evangelist Handbook. You might say The Lay Evangelist Handbook was 30 years in the making, because in this book I share with you all the best that I've learned about how to share the faith with laps and non-Catholics so you can bring your friends and family to the fullness of divinely revealed truth. The very first chapter gives you a thorough explanation of the things you need to do to maximize your effectiveness so you won't end up with egg on your face when trying to engage people. I explain the differences between the various types of lay evangelists and others you can learn from. I even talk about some statistics that should help give you a real sense of urgency for sharing the faith. Then I get to the step-by-step process for sharing the faith. I give a full presentation of the exact text I've used and refined for 30 years. I tell you what to do, what to say, and how to do and say it, while leaving room for you to work in your own personality and make these techniques your own. There's no other book like this on the market. So get your print or ebook copy of the Lay Evangelist Handbook today. It's available in print on cantankerouscatholic.com or in print and ebook on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Back in the 60s and 70s, it seemed there was no end to street crazies who carried signs or wore sandwich boards that in some form or fashion proclaimed that the end of the world was near. Most of us simply pretended that we didn't see these people as we walked on by. Today, however, I find myself wondering if we should have paid attention to them. Things are crazier today than they've ever been, both in society and in the church. The church has certainly faced worse times than these throughout her 2,000-year history, but things are still pretty bad. We have a pope who refuses to lead and shepherd the people of God, promotes some heresies, and appoints men as bishops who are themselves in heresy and promotes sexual immorality masked as mercy. The church has had popes who've been far worse than this one, but there is one thing the church has never faced before, and that's the tide of anarchy rising throughout the world. Even as this pope attempts to somehow make the Catholic Church fit into the world's view of a godless existence, she is under an ever-increasing attack from the entire world. There are becoming fewer and fewer faithful Catholics in America and around the globe. Sure, we still have quite a few people going to Mass and calling themselves Catholics, but very, very few of them are actually faithful Catholics. They attend Mass or call themselves Catholic, but they support the heresy of socialism condemned by Pope Pius XI, promote LBGT ideologies in direct opposition to the faith of Jesus Christ taught by our fathers, use artificial contraception, never or rarely pray, and rely on the readings at Mass to say they read Scripture, and even then only when they feel like bothering to go to Mass. I believe we may well be headed into the end times. That's good news for some people, because after the rule of the Antichrist, our King Jesus Christ will return and rule forever and ever. All evil will end. No more false religion, no more crime, division, drugs, deceit, divorce, violence, hate, sexual deviance, pornography, atheism, communism, poverty, sex abuse, and sacrilegious acts against God. Over. Done forever. However, for most of us, this is a bad thing. If you're one of those Catholics who try to be faithful, you might very well be in trouble when our king returns. I know I'm terrified of the prospect. Yes, I said most of us. Why? Because we live our Catholicism within ourselves when Jesus intended that it be lived outside ourselves as well. I've no doubt that you six-packers attend mass regularly, say your prayers, give to the support of your parish, and try to help those you come across who are in need. I've no doubt you're devout, but that's not all there is to it. Jesus demands that we live the entire faith, not just the parts we're comfortable with. I've been a lay evangelist for more than 30 years, made hundreds of converts, and even been willing to sacrifice my life for the faith when tested. Yet I'm absolutely terrified at how God will judge me for my lukewarmness. You can ask any number of Catholic lay people or priests about how they think God will judge the way you've lived your life, and the one answer you can count on from them is that he's merciful and will excuse you for not doing some of the things you know you should be doing. Without realizing it, they'd be telling you a lie that was spawned out of the bowels of hell. Of course Jesus is merciful, but he's also just. If he weren't, he couldn't be God. When people tell you that he's merciful and will excuse you for not doing some of the things you know you should be doing, they're calling Jesus a liar. In Revelation 3.15, Jesus says, I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were cold or hot. So, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. The Douay-Rheims version says he'll vomit us from his mouth. Based on the context, I'd say vomit is probably a more accurate translation. There's more hate, division, and atheism in society today than there ever has been. Did you know that a recent survey shows that an astronomical 91% of radical leftists believe there'll be an all-out violent civil war soon, and that 61% of conservatives believe that as well? Frankly, I've believed it for a couple of years, and I even have a prediction about when it's going to start. But the question is, what are you doing about it? Our Lady of Fatima said that the last great battle between Jesus and Satan will be for the family, and that war is well underway. Not only do we have the long-established family-destroying practices of abortion and contraception, but we have a 50% divorce rate with subsequent adulterous remarriage, acceptance of homosexuality, same-sex civil marriage, transgenderism, same-sex couples adopting children, gender fluidity, cohabitation, a disdain for sacramental marriage and bringing children into the world, open marriages, pornography, and a laundry list of other things. That only partially covers the issue of family alone. I could go on all day talking about the evils we have now that wouldn't even be considered by decent people a few years ago. Again, I ask, what are you doing about it? There's this little thing called the works of mercy, and we all have a moral obligation to perform all of them, not just the ones we're comfortable with. The spiritual works of mercy are to instruct the ignorant, to counsel the doubtful, to admonish sinners, to bear wrongs patiently, to forgive offenses willingly, to comfort the afflicted, and to pray for the living and the dead. You're a six-packer, so I know you're forgiving offenses, comforting the afflicted, and bearing wrongs patiently. Every good Catholic does those things, and I know you're a good Catholic. And I hope you're remembering to pray for both the living and the dead. But are you counseling the doubtful, instructing the ignorant, and admonishing the sinner? Remember, you're not free to choose what you do, but you have to get outside your comfort zone to do it all. That's why I always say comfort and conviction don't live on the same block. If you have the conviction that a thing is the right thing, you can forget about being comfortable. Counseling the doubtful, instructing the ignorant, and admonishing the sinner all go hand in hand. It's up to us to counsel Catholic souls who have doubts about everything from belief in the nature and existence of God to why we must obey the Church's laws. It's up to us to inform our brothers and sisters when it's obvious they neither know nor understand the faith. This includes teaching non-Catholics what the Church of Jesus Christ teaches. It's up to us to admonish Catholics you know when you see or hear them do something that violates Catholic morality. These things are a big deal. If I'm right and we're approaching the end of the world, and you can rest assured it's going to happen sooner or later, what we have to be concerned with is how Jesus will judge us. You see, no one has a guarantee of getting into heaven, despite what the Protestants and most modern Catholics believe and say. After all, Paul says you must, quote, work out your own salvation in fear and trembling, end quote. That doesn't sound to me like a man who believed we're assured of our place in heaven. Working out our salvation is why there'll be a judgment. If we're guaranteed heaven, a judgment makes no sense. And when we're judged, it won't just be for our thoughts, words, and actions. It'll also be for things we fail to do. You know, pesky little things like failing to share the faith and admonishing the sinner. So these things have to be done if we can hope to one day join Jesus in heaven. You can spend eternity in hell for failing to do good things just as easily as you can for doing bad things. I believe in talking about Jesus' mercy as much as anyone, but I spend a lot of time talking about his justice because people prefer to forget about the other side of Christ, and we do that to our own detriment. However, this needs to be balanced out. We'd all agree that it's a mortal sin to stand by and watch a man choke to death when a simple Heimlich maneuver would save his life, because such a thing would be an act of murder. But when the person witnessing the choking death of a man has only one arm, he can't be expected to perform the Heimlich maneuver, can he? So the one-armed man couldn't be imputed guilt for failing to do that which is impossible for him. The same holds true in any moral situation. I realize most Catholics can't evangelize as I do, thus fulfilling the work of mercy to instruct the ignorant. However, your inability to do as I do doesn't relieve you of that responsibility. One way you can certainly fulfill it is to divest your family and friends of their ignorance. That's evangelization, too, and all of us Catholics have to be evangelized every day. Another way you can partially fulfill this work of mercy is to find an apostolate that does evangelize and help that apostolate do the work it does by using your financial resources. An unfortunate reality of evangelization is that souls cost money. For example, I work almost exclusively online now. I take in just enough to cover expenses most months. But if the cost increases, and it most surely will, I'm in trouble. And what if my computer bites the dust? I sure can't afford another one. You can count on it that many other apostolates face the very same circumstances. When you help an evangelistic apostolate financially because you're incapable of doing evangelization yourself, you share in the graces earned every time a soul is helped. The apostolate couldn't do its job without your help, so God gives you credit for instructing the ignorant because of your generosity with him and the apostolate. At the end of the day, there's no excuse for not fulfilling the entire Catholic faith, and rest assured that an unwillingness to step outside your comfort zone can only make things worse for you. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians, When people say there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as travail comes upon a woman with a child, and there will be no escape. You have to decide whether you want comfort or to have conviction.
0: Learn things about the Catholic faith you never knew in Joe Sixpack's Secrets of the Catholic Faith. There are many essentials to our holy and ancient faith that few modern Catholics know. Those essentials have become, well, secrets. Hence the title Secrets of the Catholic Faith. Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, is always exciting, never boring, and completely politically incorrect. He never shies away from the so-called untouchable moral issues. With his use of humor and directness, readers and students can never get enough of what he teaches. According to Joe, there isn't one single teaching of the Catholic Church that can't be completely demonstrated to an inquiring mind. Everything can be demonstrated. But the Catholic laity aren't being taught these things. They're being fed pablum when they need and want meat. Secrets of the Catholic Faith is actually exciting, and it will make any Catholic's chest swell with pride. So get your copy of Secrets of the Catholic Faith by Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy today in print or ebook on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes and Noble and Kobo. Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, wants to make sure you're informed about all the Catholic news you need to know. Here's Joe Sixpack's top five Catholic news picks for this episode. Catholic news pick number five.
1: Hats off to LifeSite News. In a surprise move, a proposed California law which would have forced Catholic priests to violate the seal of confession was tabled after the bill's author realized the measure lacked sufficient support to pass. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes.
0: Catholic Catholic News Pick Number 4
1: Hats off to LifeSite News. Christian fast food chain Chick-fil-A may be open 52 days a year less than the competition, but it still managed to become the third largest restaurant chain in the United States, according to new numbers released by Nation's Restaurant News. This is an example of what can happen when you put God first and promote the practice of virtue among your employees. Now Catholics need to learn the lessons from this Protestant-owned company. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic
0: Catholic News News Pick Pick Number number 3
1: Hats off to LifeSite News. The largest union representing teachers in the United States formally adopted a statement at its annual representative assembly embracing a fundamental right to abortion, labeling pro-life Americans as misogynistic in the process. This means children in public school will be indoctrinated about the virtues of abortion. My best advice for parents is to homeschool, because most Catholic schools aren't much better. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes.
0: Catholic Catholic News Pick Number 2
1: Hats off to LifeSite News. Oklahoma County District Judge Cindy Truong upheld the state's 2015 ban on second trimester abortion procedure known as dismemberment abortion to the chagrin of the abortion lobby. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes.
0: Catholic Catholic News Pick pick Number number 1
1: Hats off to LifeSite News. Evangelical leader Reverend Franklin Graham, son of Billy Graham, is speaking out against one of the LGBT lobby's top congressional priorities, warning that the so-called Equality Act would have catastrophic consequences for both religious freedom and women's rights if it became law. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. I believe a really great way to teach the faith is through stories, parables, and anecdotes. So here's today's story. A teenage girl away at boarding school texted her mother and asked her to send a mirror. Mom texted back saying, I'm sending you a package with three mirrors. The first will show you to yourself as you are. The second will show you what you will be. The third mirror will show you what you should be. When the package arrived, the girl opened it curiously. The first thing she took out was an ordinary mirror. She thought, this must be the mirror that shows me as I am. The second item in the package was a picture of a human skull with an inscription that read, this is what you will be. She quickly looked for the third item her mother told her was a mirror. She found it carefully wrapped and much larger than the other two items. The third item was a statue of the Blessed Virgin Mary. The girl had no trouble understanding that her mother wanted her to be pure in thought and desire and to dress and act modestly. Then she'd be like the Blessed Virgin Mary. Remember and contemplate the skull and statue. The skull reminds us of death, and after death comes judgment. You'll not only be judged for every deed, but also for every thought, desire, and whether you've remained modest in your dress and actions. Keep your thoughts and desires pure, and your dress modest. The statue of Our Lady reminds us that she's the model of pure souls. Be devoted to her, and you'll be pure and pleasing to God, even as she is. Hey, Six Packers, that's all for this episode. I've enjoyed having you with me. Don't forget to like me on Facebook and follow me on Twitter. The links are in my show notes. Also, remember to visit JoeSixpackAnswers.com to sign up for my free email course. Each short lesson arrives in your inbox every three days. We also have the Cantankerous Catholic Social Media Group you can join to discuss anything about Catholicism, our country, or anything else on your mind. I visit the page every day. The link's also in my show notes. There are lots of other neat things of interest in my show notes, too. You can find them at cantankerouscatholic.com. And remember to live by the Joe Sixpack battle cry. Comfort and conviction don't live on the same block.
0: This has been the Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy.